Hey, Radiate Church, what's going on this morning? Thank you guys so, so much for being with us uh, today in our COVID quarantine edition of uh, Radiate Church online experience. We are so pumped that you're with us. We don't take it lightly. We got something really special planned today, something really fun and exciting, uh, some back and forth that we're going to do. And uh, so we're just really glad that you're with us this morning. Um, we at Radiate here, we talk about and, and we believe in teamwork. We believe in doing things as a team, working together, um, involving as many people as possible because we believe one of the greatest ways you can accomplish what God's put in your life is through uh, relationship with others, relationship with Him, and working together. And so today you get a glimpse into uh, the background of teamwork at Radiate Church. Because of quarantine and COVID-19, we have shut down the office for this week, but we were like, hey, that don't shut down the church. We can still learn, right. we can grow, we still worship. You've worshiped today, you've given today, we're going to hear the word today. It's going to be good, man. But we're doing this today, we're going to do a recap or a review of the Define the Line series that we just got out of. Uh, I have Pastor Travis Lucas, our executive pastor here at Radiate Church, with me today um, that's going to help me recap this series. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. This series, man, has been a powerful series. And I just want to tell you, if you missed any of it, go back over the past five weeks. You're going to hear us talk about it all today. Go back and watch the ones that you missed. Listen to yeah. the ones that you missed. I'm telling you, this was a game-changing series if we'll take it. And here's the thing we can't do, Travis. We cannot take God's Word and just listen to it and never put action to it. we got to put action to it. That is true. we got to make it. we got to allow God to sit it in our hearts. we got to allow God to allow it to, to, to have motion and movement in our lives. And that's what this is all about. As we talked about, um, honestly, the whole series was encapsulated in week one, where we talked yeah. about the difference in consumer and contributor. So I'm going to let you go ahead and take week one and get this uh, this ball rolling, this show on the road today. Absolutely, yeah. I appreciate you having me, Pastor. Uh, it's definitely been a bizarre week, but uh, I think the, one of the you know themes of this entire weird spring and summer is, man, you just adapt and you overcome to the That's best right. of your ability. But you really, uh, you said it best. Week one definitely was like the thesis statement for this entire series, right? We were studying uh, in Exodus and week one was all about the idea of I can be uh, a consumer, right? And it can kind of be about me or I can be a contributor uh, of things in the world around me and definitely forwarding uh, the kingdom of God. And, you know, this really isn't the, what the, like the one thing I was really thinking about as I was thinking about uh, week one was in really this entire series, is we have a series like this, what seems like every year, this like really big, you know, um, hey, we got to make a decision. Are we on this side of this? Or are we on this side? Are we going to make, you know, this choice or this choice? We had a series called Going Pro, uh, you know, a few months ago. We had a companion study. And right now, me to this, not a fan of Pastor Kyle Eidelman, right? Where, where Jesus is asking us like, hey, be a follower, not just a fan, somebody who shows up and when we're winning, you're here. And when times get tough, you're out, you know? And uh, so I live in the neighborhood and we have a lot of wildlife in my neighborhood. And I was thinking about this as I was preparing for today, um, kind of morbid, but there are a lot of dead squirrels on the road <laughs> in my neighborhood. But that tells me one thing, man, when a truck is barreling down the road, 
they are very indecisive what side of the line they're going to be on. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, whenever, you know, we're uh, in the middle of all this craziness, um, it's really easy to be caught in the middle and not really know, you know, am I stuck in the consumer mindset or have I made the move over to contributor? And I thought the, the message was incredibly powerful. When we looked at the story in Exodus, right? Moses, he goes up on the mountain. He's having time with God. He comes back and he leaves Aaron in charge. And golly, lo and behold, they've already created this idol, right? God's just now delivering the law to the people. And the first thing is like, don't worship anything else. And like, they've already just like messed up, you know, square one. And um, you said something really important, I believe, when you were talking about that story. It's the fact that idols actually don't just appear, right? If we're consumers and we're not really focusing on being contributors, the chances are there is something that's had our focus for quite some time. And we may have even created it ourselves. And, you know, Jesus tells a lot of stories too in our New Testament that really challenge us and they make us think about the world that we live in. And it brings us to this defining moment, right? What side of the line am I going to be on? I'm thinking of all these parables where he's telling people to go and sell their goods, you know, and they ask him like, you know, uh, Jesus, I, I do this and I do that. What else do I need to do? He tells them and they walk away like discouraged, you know, they, he presented the line to them and they weren't quite willing to step on the other side. So even walking up to the line can be very, very challenging in our lives. But, uh, you know, I say something a lot and, and I think about it a lot is man, when we're facing situations where we're having to uh, make some sort of decision of, of how we're going to align. I always say, you know, I want to be on the right side of history. Yeah. Right. You know, and I think that as a follower of Jesus, that if you've been following some time, or even if you're kicking, you know, the tires on faith um, at some point in time, like pastor Kyle Adam says, like we've got to move from being a fan of the feel goods and the miracles and the, you know, the songs and all that, and actually be a follower who's willing to, commit their life in a manner kind of what the world around them looks like. And you had some really great points and I want to go back and I want to touch on these really quick. Um, you said that consumers chase feelings, but contributors chase purpose. And uh, I went to go hang out with a, a friend of mine the other day, him and his, him and his wife are getting ready to have a baby and the yard next to him had a faith over fear sign. And, you know, that's a phrase that like a lot of churches and even we've embraced over this crazy time. But I'm almost wondering, are we at the point where we need a faith over fade sign? Mm. Because you and I know it, man, feelings fade, you know, the warm and fuzzies, they fade very quickly. And I think as a consumer, that's something we can get hung up on a lot, man, that we are just sitting there um, really going from moment to moment, really high to high you know, and we're not really buying in and saying, Hey, I'm more in it for purpose. And sometimes purpose can be messy and dirty and I got to get my hands dirty and I got to get after it. And, uh, it definitely involves a level of commitment. I'm thinking to, you know, uh, I'm married to my wife, Ashley, and you married us on April the 10th, uh, and, uh, in 2015. And I remember much like anybody who's ever been married or seen a marriage, at some point in time, two people come into a covenant, like a man and a woman come into a covenant and they go through the worst case scenario for better, for worse, for richer, for poor. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'm sitting there thinking commitment isn't to a circumstance. It's not to a feeling. 
mm-hmm. but it's through a relationship for somebody. And we get our purpose through Jesus. And, and ultimately, you're absolutely right. Contributors are chasing purpose. And you said one of my favorite things, too, contributors take responsibility, right? That's the hard one. Um, I hear extreme ownership. You know, one of my favorite books pop off in my head. But, you know, we had something we talked about as a staff a few years ago is, you know, we can only have two things sometimes. We can have excuses or we can have results. Yep. And consumers are willing to push the blame and contributors go, you know what? There's probably a lot of this situation I can't control. I'm more, I'm more excited about the result. Um, And the last thing, one of the last takeaways that we had week one uh, yet again, really this one was gold too, is that consumers uh, commit to themselves and a contributor is going to commit to something bigger, man. If I'm a consumer, it's truly what's good for me. Right. You and I were just talking, I was telling you about um, one of the classes I'm in right now and I'm doing this project um, where we're having to like really sit down and think, you know, um, how do I determine right and wrong and how do I determine what's true and what's not true? And like the more I think about those things, I'm like, my gosh, I'm glad I'm not my own authority on those things. I am so much, you know, I would be a horrible person if it was relying on me. Uh, and I'm so thankful that I can actually contribute to something bigger. And as followers of Jesus, man, we get that opportunity, you know, and um, it's part of our culture too. We talk about a lot is, you know, I can have all these different personality things that I like, certain types of music, certain types of preaching, certain types of experiences. Um, but truly, man, it is purpose over those personalities. You're, you're never going to be a part of something bigger if you don't commit and you don't go all in you know one of the things too that you said and and man i think this was so timely is that whenever we're consumers and we're all about ourselves it's really feeding into that cancel culture right if it's not good enough for me you know what the the big way that i'm going to get over on you is i'm going to let you know i'm done and i'm going to cancel right we're going to do what i do to spectrum about about once a year when it comes to my tv you know but that's really no way to live you know i I don't think that anybody at the end of the day is drawing any closer to jesus by constantly checking out it's about checking in so listen if you haven't watched week one you have to do it after uh today's experience but i want to tell you the big takeaway i want you to remember from week one right now is decide daily that you're going to be a contributor but Pastor, in week two, you talked about the infamous purple cow. Yeah, so um, the purple cow, Pastor Travis. <laughs> I love that illustration. Seth Godin has a marketing book um, that he talks about being a purple cow. And what he talks about is how weird would it be? You're driving down the road and you see a herd of cows out there in the field and there's just one cow that's purple. Sure. Well, your attention and your uh, eyesight and everything would immediately go to that purple cow. I mean, nobody would go, oh, there's a purple cow. I never saw it, you know, sure. because it's so out of the ordinary. It's so different. It's so weird that um, everybody's going to look at it. And and as I began uh, a while back and uh, as I went through this series and God was really shifting some focus from Radiate Flicks to this series and things like that, man, I just was reminded of the book of Ephesians and how the book of Ephesians tells us a lot about how we are to be so different. He consistently, Paul consistently encourages us to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. In other words, man, be different according to what God's called you to be, not what man's called you to be. 
he says things like this. Paul says things like this. This is this is crazy talk, right? But he says, "Be aliens in the world." Right. Be aliens in the world. In other words, be so different that people look at you and like, "Where are you from?" Yeah. You know, and and be a purple cow. To, he talks about consistently in the in in all of his letters, but especially Ephesians, he talks about to be different and stand out for Christ. And I just want to ask this question on this recap. When's the last time you stood out for Christ? Wow, that's good. I just want to leave the awkward silence for a minute. When's the last time that you were an alien of this wow. world? And we weren't blending in with everything just because I got to be loud about things because people are being loud. I got to be there. I got to. Yeah. No, like, what does Christ say, right? Mm-hmm. And so I went through three quick things of how we can be different. And what does it mean to be different for Christ? And, and here they are. So the three things are, uh, we can be different by standing firm in Christ, right? So not standing firm in opinions. I think some of us believe our opinions can change the world more than Jesus can. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, let's be different and let Jesus, the one that died for our sins, the one that gives us hope, the one that rose again three days after death, let's give him an opportunity to change the world, right? Yeah. Stand firm in Christ. In fact, steadiness uh, is a byproduct of a faith in God. It says it like this in the book of Hebrews. It says that um, we are part of a kingdom that can never, 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 never be shaken. That's good. Man, we can stand firm in Christ. I don't have to worry about everything else. I don't have to freak out about everything that's happening. I don't have to worry about the election and all that stuff. Why? Because I'm in Christ. That's good. Pastor Travis, I love you. We're great friends. We work together, but your opinion of me does not change God's opinion of me. That's good. And and I can stand firm in that. And then I can be different by living strategically, right? So that yeah. kind of goes back to week one. Consumer, contributor, yeah. it feeds in. Be strategic. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-six says, Don't box the air. Don't box the air. Your apostle Paul says, Hey, don't go around like you're just beating at the air for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Have a strategy. Sure. Have a reason, have a purpose in what you're doing. Are you waking up every day just to survive? Or are you waking up every day, you're spending time with God, you're asking the Spirit to help you. You're getting into that Word. You're, you're trying to make your marriage better and not just survive it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're trying not to strangle your kids today. Or are you trying to help them be the best that they can be? Sure. And then we can be different by being selfless. In Ephesians chapter 5, um, I talk about this all every year in our relationship series. I talk about Ephesians chapter 5, and it's the role of the husband and the wife. I talk about it in pre-marriage counseling and marriage counseling before weddings. I talked about it with, to you and Ashley before we did your wedding. Like, here's why. Because we look at it, and it teaches us marriage. But when we really dig down into it, and when we look at it, Paul was talking about the selflessness of Jesus to the church yeah. and what that looks like and how we get to live that out. So we can be selfless like Christ. It's one of the greatest ways we can be um, different in this world is to take the selfishness and throw it away and embrace the selflessness of Jesus. And here's how we do that. Here's your call to action on this one is ask the Holy Spirit to help you set you apart. That's good. Ask the Holy Spirit, hey, what do I need to do today to be the purple cow? And so we talked about consumer, you got to define the line, you got to decide consumer or contributor. Then we went right into, hey, I'm going to be different, I'm going to be a purple cow in this world. And in order to do that, 
I then become a builder. Pastor Travis, why don't you talk to us a little bit about that one? That's right. Week three was all about building. We were in Genesis uh, six and we were looking at the story of uh, Noah, Noah, and uh, God was looking for someone, right? Somebody amongst like every horrible person on earth at the time uh, who he could essentially let's hit the reset button on this thing and let's, let's, let's try plan A just one more time. Right. <laughs> and it was a lot about how um, he asked Noah to design a boat. And there's a lot in that story. And if I can, just for a minute, this is so me for a second, I want to go through the wormhole. I'll quickly close it, but I'm going to open it just for a moment. So I like it. Let's go. So in Genesis, uh, in the beginning of Genesis, our Bible opens up that God has just spoke matter into existence, but our Bible opens at the scene of a dark, watery world where God's spirit is hovering over the water. God then starts to separate this chaos uh, that is just floating out into space, and he creates order from this entire thing, right? But the funny thing is that story continues a lot in the book of Genesis, and so we get to the story of Noah, right? And God's unhappy with creation. Uh, we've mutated, right? We started treating each other really crappy. Uh, and uh, he, But he doesn't want to abandon that plan A, right? He loves people and he wants people that he's going to use to be builders. Uh, and so then he decides he's going to keep plan A. He asks Noah to build an ark. Oh, Noah, Noah and his family get in it, right? And then imagine this, the world is full of chaotic water and there's just little seed of Eden floating through the chaos, right? For what, 40 days, the number of testing. Man, we're going through the wormhole right now, right? Mm -hmm. And imagine this, it gets, it happens again, like over and over. Even with the story of Moses, Moses is in a teva. He is in a ark and he's floating through the Nile. He's God's promise to his people floating through chaos. So here's, all to be said about our weird wormhole and I'm done. If something is carrying God's plan and purpose for his people, and that if that thing's going to experience chaos, God insists that we build it the right way. Yeah, that's One good. Time, if something's carrying God's purpose and plan for his people amid chaos, God wants us to build it the right way. Somebody and, needs to write that down, Pastor Travis. That's good. Man, it, 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 you know, PC, I'm just saying, if you need a quotable for next week, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the second point was much like the first is, hey, if God's going to ask us to build things the right way and he's going to be very um, specific about it, we got to trust him as the architect, right? Like it'd be pretty dumb of me to, you know, to hear from God and not actually trust that his way is the right way. I don't know. Um, but you mentioned Isaiah 55, very common uh, scripture that I think we all kind of lean on, man, when things get a little above our heads is truly that, you know, God's ways uh, and thoughts are so much higher uh, than our own. And, um, you know, uh, I know it's really easy for us sometimes to, to kind of get wrapped in the, the moment of, you know, Hey, why, why am I always buying on bills or why did I have to lose someone, you know, early in my life? Or, you know, why am I the one that seems like they can never keep a girlfriend, boyfriend, you know, husband, wife, et cetera. Yeah, I think we can all come up with, you know, these things that challenge us, but man, we're just really not able to see that from uh, God's perspective. And, you know, in uh, the, the book of James chapter one, um, James says, uh, we should find joy in trials because they're going to produce uh, something in us. And that, uh, 
what gets produced in us is going to produce patience. And if we need wisdom, we can ask God for it. We can just pray and ask him because this is why, because there's going to come a moment where God's expecting you to carry something and it is going to rain for the first time ever. Right. The third thing is just to go back through the wormhole just for a minute is we got to work for it. And, you know, you mentioned in the sermon, the fact that, uh, you know, throughout our Bible, we see that God wants to inhabit earth. He wants to create an intersection of heaven and earth. He does that in mobile tabernacles. He does that in temples. Um, he wants, he wants to intersect heaven and earth somewhere, but it has to be pretty special place. Right. But we get to the new Testament, Jesus died, he's resurrected, he's rescued and redeemed everything that's lost. And he says, now that temple will exist inside each and every one of you. And, you know, I know that we have to put in the work, man, to be able to, to do that. And we've got to work that calling. We've got to work that, that purpose and that promise that God gives us. I know it gets mundane sometime if it's pipe and drape, but, you know, or if it's, you know, doing this or doing that, but these are our opportunity. Um, to really say, hey, I'm trusting the architect. I'm going to build this thing the right way. And I'm absolutely going to work out that purpose and that call. And so I want to give an action step from week three, which is um, find a way to build by adding just one more block each day. And all I mean by that is find the one thing you can do to continue to build the kingdom of God. But uh, Pastor, week four, tell me about a, uh, a lion in a pit on a snowy day. Yeah, man. So build, <laughs> add one more block every day. I think that's so yeah. good. All right. So one way that we can do that is we have to learn to seize opportunities. And so there's yeah. this story in Second King or Second Samuel chapter 23. It's only in verses 20 through 23 uh, of that chapter. And it can get so forgotten if we're not careful, right? And uh, chances are, uh, we've read this, many of us have read the story and yeah. never paid attention to it. But it's this story of Benaiah, and he goes in to a, a pit with a lion on a snowy day, <laughs> and there's one of them that walks out, and it ain't the lion. Like, that's a bad <laughs> mamma jamma right there. That dude has got it going on. And Absolutely. I love, love, love this story. And it can't, um, we can't, we can't forget the fact that in that Benaiah seized opportunities. If we really want to build something, if we yeah. really want to build the king, if we really want to build the temple, if we really want to make a difference in this world, you know what we do? Yes, we add one more block each day, but we find opportunities to seize. We right. seize the opportunities of a lifetime within the lifetime of the That's opportunities. Good. And man, we've got to come to this place to where here, here's why we're doing this the way we're doing it this Sunday, because it doesn't matter how we do it. We're going to, we're going to build another block. We're going to add another block. We're going to get into the word. We're going to make a difference and we're going to seize opportunities. We're going to have conversations that need to be had. And if you watching this today want to make a difference for Jesus, if you want to make a difference in this world, you want to, yeah, let's go change the world. If that's what we want to do, and that's what God has put inside of each and every one of us, if that's what we want to do, we got to learn to seize pits on snowy days with lions in them. And there were three things that I talked about in this, right? The first one was we have to run toward opportunities. Run toward opportunities. We can't run away from them. We can't go, all right, if this is opportunity, God, just make it fall in my lap. No. Yeah. Like, if it's in your face... 
You are the one that's supposed to fill the gap. Fill the gap. Run to the pits. Run to the lions. Run to the opportunities to pray for somebody, to yeah. serve somebody, to love somebody, to invite somebody to church, to share a stream. Hello. Yeah. To share a stream. Yeah. Like all that stuff. Like just because COVID is real doesn't mean God's not anymore. Yeah. Just because there's an election coming up doesn't mean Jesus doesn't sit on the throne. Like, Absolutely. we've got to seize these opportunities. And this one gets me fired up, man. Like, run two opportunities and seize them. Disarm. And then the second one was disarm the enemies. So yeah. not only did this joker kill a lion in a pit on a snowy day, this dude went down with a seven-and-a-half-foot-tall Egyptian that had a spear in his hand that wanted to kill him. Benaiah had a club Benaiah disarmed the Egyptian and killed him with his own spear. That's, <laughs> yeah, dude. A, that's yeah. a bad dude right there, man. And we have to learn to disarm the enemy. We can't complain that the enemy keeps throwing weapons at us when we put them in his hands. Sure. Man, we got we to gotta disarm. the. If anxiety is what he's attacking me with, I need to be careful what's coming in, what, what, what I'm intaking into my brain. I need to be careful about my thoughts. I need to cover myself. Yeah. If it's pornography is what he's attacking you with, then you may need to get rid of your phones and yeah. go to the flip phone. Get rid of yeah. your computer. Have somebody else check your internet history. All yeah. that stuff. If if your eyes wandering when you're at the gym is something that the enemy's hitting you with, then take somebody with you and don't go alone. Yeah. And take somebody yeah. with you that's going to be like, what you looking at there? Come on. Get your eyes right. Get your eyes right. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Like, disarm the enemy. And then the third thing I said is to realize, this is more of a realization than it is um, something to do, but realize that opportunities become platforms. That's good. Opportunities become platforms because Benaiah did all that stuff. And then out of nowhere, David said, you are now over all my bodyguard. You are over my army that protects me. Benaiah became the man that protected the king all because he killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day. And he killed an Egyptian with his own spear. Here's the deal. We don't run towards opportunities to get things from God. It's not a gumball machine. But God always sees. God always watches. And everything we do is noticed. People are watching. We, just, I, we were talking about this off camera. The truth is, God is always putting people in our paths that are watching us because we are called to be the purple cows yeah. that build His kingdom as we choose to be contributors. And so we've got to... We've got to do this thing and run to the opportunities, disarm the enemy, like let our opportunities become platforms in God's timing, not mine. If I can create it, it ain't big enough. It ain't godly enough. It ain't holy enough, right? That's good. And so here's your action step. Let the, it goes back to the Holy Spirit again. There's this, there's this common theme throughout this whole thing. Ask the Holy Spirit, what opportunities do I need to seize today? That's now, good. as you learn that, here's what happens. You learn to start unwrapping and unbinding people and watching them walk free. And I'm going to let you take that one, PT. I appreciate that, Pastor. And, you know, this was the capstone to our entire series. And, you know, we, we're, we're steadily kind of, you know, working towards what it looks like to be a contributor, not a consumer. And we get to the final part of this entire series and we find out that actually one of the greatest things we can do is bring other people on the journey with us and say, hey, listen, God died and rescued and redeemed you for something in this world. 
And yeah, you know what? You're, you, you, you've just made a decision for Jesus. You're still figuring life out, but I'm here to help unbind you. And you taught from uh, the last miracle story in the book of John, right? Everything is progressing through the entire book of John and Jesus um, in chapter 11 performs his greatest miracle, right? Where he, uh, he, he finds out his friend Lazarus has been dead for quite some time. And um, he, he takes his time, right? He's, he's really not in a rush. He takes nope. his time to get to Lazarus. He knows he's about to show out in front of everybody. You know, um, he proves uh, he truly is God and he has power over death. And he has power over the grave. And if he can do this for Lazarus, dang it, you know what? He might just be able to do this for me too. Mm. Right? And he resurrects Lazarus in front of everybody. He says, but, you know, we get invited to come on this journey as well. When he says, unbind these grave clothes that are holding Lazarus back. And everybody in the crowd's very worried about, you know, uh, smell and cleanliness. Cause I mean, in their culture, it's a really weird thing. And it's a very, you know, uh, ritualistic process to prepare somebody like this. And there's some, there's some ceremonial laws that go in place. So they're mm-hmm. not in a rush to like go touching Lazarus, but Jesus said, listen, he's as alive as he's ever been. And we need to go unbind him right now. And I had two takeaways that I, I personally wrote from this and they were, a combination of everything that you taught. And the first thing was we've got to be close enough to people to actually unbind them. Right. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. In first Thessalonians two, eight, it's one of my favorite verses. And, you know, when I talk about life groups, sometimes I'll, I'll reference this verse, but Paul's right in the, the church in Thessalonica. And he says, he says, you know, it was great that we shared the gospel with you, right? This story that Jesus overcomes the grave and a relationship. We too do the exact same thing. He says, not only did we share the gospel with you, but we shared our lives with you as well. And that's a really powerful thought. And, you know, if we're going to be contributors, we've got to get close enough to people. We have to, uh, we got to open up a little bit ourselves and we've got to be willing to, let's just face it. And like you said, the sermon a few times, got to be able to deal with some stinks sometime, you know, if, if, if folks are, you know, pretty ripe and they're, they're, they're just become fully alive, uh, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, we've got to be in community with people. And the second thing, the second big takeaway that I took from it is that we actually have to give people that same access to us, you know, in, in the book of James, James five sixteen, James says that we can confess our sins and pray for one another. And mm-hmm. I think it's a really powerful verse that, you know, that it's, it's God, um, God loves people. People are going to be his vehicle that he's going to operate with on earth, right? He, he wants to do it through us. And I think it's really special that he says, you know what? You can help unbind somebody um, by you two just getting together, talking about life, talk about what sucks, talk about what's not working. Let's talk about the things that we're really bad and crappy at, right? Uh, and let's pray about those things. And let's pray to somebody who's got the ability um, to save us from those things in Jesus. And, you know, you, we, we say this sometimes, I'm going to make an, an adaptation to something we say, but we, we, you know, we, we often say that you're like an average of the people closest to you. I said this during midweek because I'm, I'm trying to get this to like take off and catch traction. <laughs> I'd be willing to bet that you're an average of probably the first 10 social media posts that you see of the people that you're following on wow. your account. You know, uh, if everything's drama, 
you know, mm-hmm. if, if you see the election post and you see a mass post and then all this and, you know, it takes a couple of scrolls before you get to a, you know, a, a, a radiate church a quote, <laughs> you might be an average of those 10 accounts. Yeah. And uh, man, I don't know if I truly want to know sometime maybe what those 10 posts are and what I'm surrounding myself with. And, you know, this is something that we talk about privately. And I think it's a great thing for somebody to hear in this experience today is you need to give someone a hunting license um, to take a deep dive into your character and go, dude, you are really, uh, you're not doing so good in this area. Um, You know, you're not doing so good uh, in this area. And I want to help walk that out with you. Uh, we need to really give people that hunting license. And just one more thing about, you know, giving people access to us. And I, because this is the other side of it. And you talked about this in your sermon is um, we got to make sure those people don't smell exactly like us too. Right. So <laughs> if I'm, if I'm at a part in my life where I'm, I'm stinking a little bit, right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm alive. Jesus is, is definitely saved me, but I, I don't smell like that. Um, I want to make sure that I'm surrounding myself with people who might smell a little better because chances are, man, if they smell the same, it's going to be really hard to tell if I'm growing, if my faith is being developed, um, if I'm surrounding myself with people who are going to challenge me uh, and ask me um, to really reach for the next level, the next version of me and dig a little bit deeper, um, you know, and get, get around, get around some reputable people. Uh, that you really want to give access to that hunting license to. And so my week five action step, um, I have, I had wrote down embrace community uh, because I was thinking about maybe, you know, that, that we got to be close to unbind and we also have to give access, but I'm thinking about changing it on the fly right now to give someone a hunting license um, to get to see the real you and go, you know what, you got to, you need a couple quarter turns um, because I think I see some blind spots that you don't see, but man, that, that is five weeks in a nutshell. If, if somebody's watching this for the first time or somebody's like, I watched them all live. I listened to the podcast. I'm all about defining the line. What do we do from here? Yeah. And I, I just want to say that's such a good one to have a hunting license into our lives. And yeah. guys, I just want to end it by saying this, um, defining the line saying you know, I really want to be all in for God. I, I want to be a contributor, not a consumer. Saying it is one thing. Yeah. Putting action to it is a completely different thing. Sure. I am one that I don't believe in just talking. Uh, I don't care if you talk the talk. Talking the talk is cheap. Yeah. But when you put your feet on the pavement and you start moving this thing forward, that's whenever life really gets good. That's when you really start becoming yeah. a tr- contributor because you're not just going, yeah, I want to build the kingdom, but on oh, my time. Well, that's still being a consumer. Yeah. And so let's let's do what we need to do. And if you're out there today, there's two things. Number one, I'm, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you no matter where you are in your stage in life because I want all of us to understand. Hear me today. If somebody needs to hear this, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've been through. It doesn't matter to me the heartache you've caused or been through. None of that. Like I'm not here to tell you it's all going to be roses whenever you give your life to Jesus. But I need to tell you, there's room for you in the kingdom. There's room for you in the family. And God wants you to be a contributor. I don't care if you gave your life to Jesus 80 years ago and haven't done a thing but sit on a pew since you gave your life to Jesus or a chair or a rug or a floor. (laughs) doesn't matter. Hear me. God wants you to be a contributor in this thing. 
and be a part of building something. And I'm going to pray for every person. And I'm going to pray salvation over every person that wants to give their life to Jesus today. I know it's a different setting. I know this is not the yeah. type of church you're used to on Sunday mornings and all that and, and that you're used to hearing about. I'm cool with that. That doesn't bother me. But somebody out there, you felt this knock. And Jesus is saying, today's the day. Give me your life. Today's the day. Accept my forgiveness. Today's yeah. the day. Open your heart. And I just want you to know, the Bible says if we confess with our mouth, we believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. And I want you to know right now, with, with if you would, just pray this with me if you're ready to give your life to Jesus. Just say, Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I give you everything I have. I'm sorry for who I've been. I'm excited for who you've created me to be. I give you my past, my present, and my future. And I ask that you redeem me. I believe that you gave your life so that I could have eternal life and eternal purpose with God. Thank you for making room for me in the family of God today. If you prayed that prayer, I want to say congratulations. Welcome to the family Absolutely. of God. Now, everybody else that's out there, I'm going to pray with you in just a minute, but I want to ask you to do something, right? So if you prayed that prayer, there's going to be a number that's going to come on the screen. It's connect at this certain number. Text that word to that number because we want to walk this out with you. We don't want you to do it alone. Also, if you're out there and you're ready to be a contributor, you're ready to stop being a consumer. You're ready to build something for the kingdom. There's something just in you. You may not even know what it is. I want you to text connect to that number right That's now right. as well because this is your moment to put your money where your mouth is That's and right. action where it is. Let me pray over you, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us. God, we want to be a part of your kingdom. We want to be a part of building something on the earth. God, as your uh, the Lord's prayer says, on earth as it is in heaven, use us to be those vessels. Let us text those with that word to that number and take a next step today. Let us put our money where our mouth is and stop talking the talk, start walking the walk. We are defining the line saying, God, we give you all that we have. We love you with everything we have in your name. Amen. Yeah. Hey, we've got worship coming up. One more song. Turn the volume up. Let's get ready to worship Pastor Travis. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with Thank us you. today. Appreciate it, Pastor. What a recap of an amazing series. Get ready for a brand new series starting very, very soon. We love you guys. Let's go change the world.